listening to Tassie Encounters on Faith FM, and we're coming to you right across Australia, live from Hobart, Tasmania, each weekday. And of course, on Mondays, we have David Leo. Uh, welcome, mm. David. How are you? Thank you. Thank you, Jason. Happy Monday, everyone. I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Thank you very much. Praise the Lord. And uh, David, <clears throat> unlike us, you're not in lockdown, but we are. So <laughs> Yes. Yeah. On Friday, you guys went into lockdown down there in the south. So I'm actually doing this from my home this morning. I'm broadcasting <laughs> from home. Uh, but uh, fortunately, with technology, we can make it happen anyway. Yeah, yeah. Glad to be able to continue it. Yeah. So yeah. it's good to have, so, have you back with us, David. And uh, tell us about your weekend. What have you been up to? Oh, well, on Friday, we had um, Pastor Wyke and I had a really good, uh, amazing experience. We had a, um, a, a parent from the school that I work at. Uh, he's not um, a Seventh-day Adventist, but uh, he knew he knew I was a chaplain. And he had called me a couple of weeks ago to say, just to, to remind us. It's amazing, Jason. He, just remind, he said, there's some strange things happening at home, and it's it's bugging his son that I know. I know his son that comes to our school, and I didn't like to hear it. Um, you know, there's these uh, supernatural things happening in his home. And so Pastor Wyke and myself went on, went on Friday to... Uh, come in and, and speak with him and tell him about the power of Jesus Christ and the authority that he has over the demonic forces. And we had a prayer in his home and, and, and his son's bedroom. And, you know, we just, uh, it's just a huge reminder, you know, that in this time, this, there is a spiritual battle happening, Jason. You know, there mm. is a, there is a, Satan's like a big bully just trying to, just trying to scare, scare and put fear into people. And, um, you know, it was just a reminder to us that we do serve a Jesus, uh, we, we do serve Jesus Christ who was, uh, as we've been going through the book of Mark, he has the power to, and, and authority over these things, you know, and so it was a privilege to do that. And it was a full on Friday, but also I forgot to mention last week in the evening with, uh, every Friday, every Saturday evening for, uh, the next two weeks because we've done two weekends already i've been doing prophecy seminars at delarane seventh adventist church so if um you want to look at some of the the prophecies and the seminars that we've been doing they're just they're no longer than an hour in fact i think i keep them to about 30 to 40 minute presentations i'm doing my best to to present these things but um uh it started two weekends ago and you can go to the delarane seventh adventist facebook and you can see the presentations there and uh, we've been going through the book of Daniel in our sermon, so you can check that out as well. But uh, And yesterday, um, Sabbath was great. Uh, uh, it was with, with the Devonport Church at that time. And um, and yesterday, just went with the family down to check out. the. We have a place called Van Diemen's Creamery, and they have an amazing ice cream. And they just opened their new renovated building, so we went there, and we went to Asgrove's Cheese. And then I went and played tag with my kids at a field, and now my legs are sore. <laughs> but it was a great weekend. Mm. Yeah. Oh, uh, I've I've watched a couple of your programs up there in, in Deloraine, so, yeah, I do uh, recommend people go and check them out. Uh, search for De- Deloraine Seventh-day Adventist Church on Facebook, and uh, you'll see the programs being posted as they go. So, mm-hmm. yeah, David, uh, today's program's called Challenging the Boss. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, so last week it was uh, a couple of weeks ago. It was the champers here, and that was Jesus entering Jerusalem. And uh, and then last week we looked at how he would come back from Bethany, and he came back and you know he turned over all these tables and you know and uh, did some dramatic things, right? And now this this morning we're going to look at how there was a delegation of a group called the Sanhedrin. We'll get into that later on, but uh, they came to challenge Jesus and say. And challenges authority, you know, challenges authority. Who, in what, 
with what papers do you come with? Mm. Who do you represent? Mm. You know, why, why do you come? Who do you think you can come? Uh, who do you think you are coming to this place that we're the, we're the boss of mm. and do what you did yesterday? You know, we don't appreciate that, mm. <laughs> but it's, you know, just, uh, on their behalf, they've, they've made a, they've made a mistake. They, they thought that they were the boss, but Jesus was, you know, so just looking in that, um, and for us, I want us to see how, how do we understand that? How do we look at authority and and um, our functions and our roles? And um, I've, I've been thinking a lot about it. You know, I, <laughs> my son's reading a book called Animal Farm. Have you heard of that? I have that heard book? of it. I, I am yeah. not sure that I read it. I wasn't a big reader, so. Oh, okay. Well, we had to read it for class. The same age, I was reading it when he was when I was fourteen as well, and uh, for so, what we called social studies. Mm. And uh, there's another book he writes, George Orwell, who's the author of this book. Um, he wrote a book called 1984, and I got interested in that one as well after reading Animal Farm. And uh, uh, and also there was another one that, uh, as a social studies teacher, saw my interest. He, he encouraged another book called A Brave New World. That was a that was a big one. That was a big read. And um, but the, it talks about this utopian, well, I, I'm not sure utopian society. I'd say utopian, but it's built on some really false premises of happiness. But anyway, there's these classes of people starting with A, Alpha, right down to Epsilon, and they they're the the bottom of the the pile. They just do all the work and don't question anything. They you know, but everyone's happy. Everyone's happy to do the work that they do, and it's all manufactured you know they're not they're not uh, born out of marriage or anything like that they're manufactured human beings and and they just enjoy their their class mm. you know and, and i remember as a as a teenager i'm thinking could is that a good place to live where everyone is being controlled but they all enjoy their their uh place of class you know what mm. i mean it's, and it's very interesting because uh I don't want to uh, get into a big discussion on this, but uh, it's almost where some of the uh, the new ideologies are going right now in this world. Well, yeah, well, I have found, because my son uh, piqued my interest, I have found there has been new interest. You mm. know, the the, hit, the Google hits on uh, George Orwell and Aldous Huxley have been quite phenomenal, actually. You know, mm. <laughs> YouTube videos have been coming up. So, yeah, they're, they're probably thinking along the same lines as you. And I, and I have been thinking of some of those ideas that have been coming through. But, you know, the, the, the fact that people don't challenge authority, you know, mm. they just do them like, yeah, is that the, is, is that an okay place to be? Mm. And what's interesting is you'll find with Jesus, he doesn't mind being questioned. Mm. You know, he answers questions with questions and, you know, he, he knows how to use that form of, form of argument. But I wanted to share, <laughs> I still remember when I was working at customs, I was the, I was one of the epsilons, you know, I was, I was level one. I, I dealt with, I was just a worker. I didn't have to deal with any... I actually, sorry, I was level two at that time. And I was level two at that time. So there was only a little bit of responsibility I had to, to look after a, a few things. Um, but I received this email, and I was, I'm working for Australian Customs Service, and I received this email, and it's classed. When it came to the email, the classification was uh, confidential. Mm. Right? And I thought, oh, okay. Uh, Why is it being no, sent no. to you? <laughs> yeah, no, no. Actually, actually, it was higher than that. It was higher than that. It wasn't top secret, but I can't, re- I can't remember the classes mm. off the top of my head. But I thought, yeah, I don't usually get emails like this. Mm. I'm thinking, as a level two, I shouldn't be seeing that. But you know, if just in case it's an FYI for our area, I'll have a look. I read the first sentence and said, and thought, no, nah, this is definitely not me. And it, it took a while to to work it out, but. 
there was a national um, manager, you know, in, in security for customs, and his name was David Leonard. And so, you know, in the emails when they tap, when you type out just the surname, if you write, if you type uh, for, for your name, you'd write C O O, and then it'll give you a prompt. Yeah, it'll, it'll, it'll give a list of names, a drop-down mm. box to say you can choose this one. So whoever did it did a sloppy job, and just saw David Leo and didn't look at the drop-down box and. Yeah. Took my name, you know, hit, hit my name, yeah. and sh- and sure enough, it wasn't for me. And I was thinking, man, mistaken identity, <laughs> mm. wrong, wrong guy. <laughs> but uh, I called up David Leonard and said, listen, I got this email. And he said, I hope he didn't read it. I said, no, I just read the first sentence, but uh, I'm just giving you a heads up. And he said, okay, I'll take care of the rest. And I thought, man, you know. So sometimes there's a we call it a custom. Um, uh, it's a need to know basis, mm. you know. If, if it doesn't involve you, you don't need to know. Mm. <laughs> if you need to know, we'll let you know. You know mm. the, 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 so they're really, they're really strict about the chain of command. So mm. um, we're looking at something similar like that. But if uh, if you don't mind reading to uh, going to Mark eleven, please. Um, yeah, Jason, and we'll start reading our our passage that we're going to go through. So I'm reading from the English Standard Version, the ESV mm-hmm. uh, Bible. It All says right. that from verse. Oh, let's, Let's say a prayer really quickly. Yeah, so I'm, sure. I'm just looking, looking at the word. Okay, let's pray. Mm-hmm. Father in heaven, as we hear the words, Lord, we're just looking forward to um, how we can acknowledge Jesus as a great authority again. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Uh, so it says in verse 27 of Mark chapter 11, it says, And they came again to Jerusalem, and as he was walking in the temple, the chief priests and the scribes and the elders came to him, and they said mm-hmm. to him, By what authority are you doing these things? Or who gave you this authority to do them? Jesus said to them, I will ask you one question. Answer me, and I will tell you by what authority I do these things. Was the baptism of John from heaven or from man? Answer me. And they discussed it with one another, saying, (laughs) If we say from heaven, he will say, Why did you uh, not believe him? But we shall say, but shall we say, from man, they were afraid of the people, for they all held that John really was a prophet. So mm. they answered Jesus, we do not know. And Jesus said to them, neither will I tell you by what authority <laughs> I do these things. It's oh, interesting, I isn't loved, it? When uh, oh, people don't want to answer, they just say, oh, we don't know. Yeah. 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 Just, you just see that you just, you just, you could just sense the aura of confidence just diminish. As mm. Jesus encounters them, you know, yeah. oh, Jesus is amazing. Yeah. Yes, I'm looking forward to uh, getting into this text after our song, after our break. Yeah, so we'll yeah. go to a break. But uh, just <clears throat> reminding our listeners, our show number for Tassie Encounters is zero four eight 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 zero eight nine one. Write that down somewhere. Put it in your phone. That's the Tassie Encounters number. So any interactions with us on our program this morning, uh, 0488-880-891. We will have a question coming up a bit later. And uh, we've also got a book offer that we'll be offering as well. This is Amy Cherry with The Great I Am. Marvel at a has been God in our power he displayed miracle maker life changer not constrained to limitations 
We say he transcends time But don't believe he's here and now Enclosed in dusty history books Or in the future But God is alive today Living here and now Waiting to release his power Working in our world today Not just a has-been or a will-be But the great I am Signs in sky and sea, people bowing on bending knee. But we say he transcends time, but don't believe he's here and now. Enclosed in dusty history books or in the future. But God is alive today, living here and now, waiting to release His power, working in our world today. Not just a has been or a will be, but the great I am, the great I am is the great I The great I am, the great I am, the great I am, the great I am. You're listening to Tassie Encounters on Faith FM. We've been talking with David Leo and we've just read from Mark chapter 11 verse 27 to 33 where the priests, the chief priests and scribes were challenging Jesus' authority to say, what authority do you do these things? And I was just talking to David and and asked him the question, was that in regards to the turning of the tables in the temple? And uh, I believe uh, you were saying that that was David. Yeah, it was the day after he, um, the, it was, they came the day after he had turned the tables. And uh, when, it, when it talks about the chief priests, the scribes, and um, and uh, what was the last thing we were missing there? Scribes and the, the elders. Let me grab my Bible. And the elders. Yeah. These are, those three categories make up uh, what make up the group called the Sanhedrin. Mm-hmm. And the Sanhedrin, which is basically a Greek take on uh, the word council, they were responsible for, they, they decided on uh, legal matters religious matters, political matters, and even uh, social matters, and even financial, the financial affairs of the Jewish nation while they were under the Roman Empire. 
So they were the guys that, you know, and, and they made up, there's about 71, 71 people in the council. And so this delegation has been sent on their behalf. And this is not the first time they've done this. You know, they, they do this to anyone that rises up to make claims about um, anything that disrupts the, you know, the operations of the, the Jewish nation. So they, and Jerusalem is the capital and the temple is the center of where this all happens. And Jesus has come into the temple and, um, you know, he's physically shown his, uh, what's the word? Oh, authority. authority. He's physically <laughs> shown his authority of uh, what he's capable of doing. And they're, and they're basically coming to say, you know, who do you think you are coming into our temple and trying to disrupt things? Mm. You know, who gives you, uh, who gave you that right to do it? And who do you think you are? That's, that's an amazing question, right? Mm. And so they've, they've come into uh, question Jesus on this <laughs> and they have no idea that Jesus is the whole purpose of the temple. Mm. Remember Exodus 25 verse 8, God yeah. asked Moses way back when, you know, make me a sanctuary so I might dwell amongst my people. And they're talking to the purpose and the reason of the temple, but they're, 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 reasoning, they're questioning, and I think this is a good lesson for, for all of us, their question does not come from a theological uh, inqu- inquiry, just like you know, people like, um, I think of, Nicodemus, when you read John 3, Nicodemus came with a genuine inquiry about Jesus, who, who are we dealing with here? Who are you? Yeah. Right? And, and what's this all about? These guys are coming on a political basis. It's purely political. It's power grab. And they're trying to put Jesus in his place. Mm. And so this is, this is not, this is not your vicinity to be doing things like this. And so this question comes out. And I, and I, man, I love the way Jesus does this. Um, this question comes out, um, who, who gave you the authority to do these things? And next week, we're going to explore this even more. This authority thing, if you haven't noticed, Mark keeps coming back to it. It's repeated over and over again. He's trying to, he, he's convincing you and me, and he's telling us, Jesus is no ordinary man. Mm. You know, it's such a popular understanding in, um, not so much amongst Christians, but in the, in the, in the world outside of Christianity, it's often argued that Jesus was just an ordinary man and he's been embellished. You know, he's been made to be this thing that he, that he isn't. And, uh, and I'm going to plug, I'm going to plug the Deloraine thing again. Just on Saturday night, I talked about the messianic prophecy in Daniel. So, and that really, for me, that just solidifies. And I think for you too, when you look at it and go, you're going to have to really wrestle with the fact that, wow, the prophecies are very specific as to when the Messiah will come. And that person was Jesus Christ. So he's more than just a human being that we think of. He has the authority of, of the universe. But anyway, back to our text, he says to them, let me ask you a question and then I'll answer, and then I'll answer your question. And what he's done, what he's done to these guys, this is a, a, a typical rabbinical method of teaching to answer a question with a question. Mm. <laughs> so he's used, he's used their own method of argument or their own method of teaching. Say, so, hey, let me ask you a question. And the, the religious teachers would have went, oh, he's doing what we do. <laughs> okay. This, this is interesting. All right. And he says, and his question is, um, uh, the baptism of John, was it from heaven or from men? Mm. That's the only question he asks. You know, he says, the baptism of John. This is, this is the, the reference he's doing here. And this is where we, we see 
although Jesus has this authority, he is such a loving God because what he's doing is let's go back and think about what John's work was and yeah. his message was. Do you remember what John's? Yeah, the, the, it was to prepare the way for uh, yeah for Jesus. Yeah, and, exactly. And it, that's a good. It reminds me that at that time there were some who were expecting the Messiah. Mm-hmm. And John was the, the voice in the wilderness proclaiming that he was coming. And and my question is, why didn't these scribes and elders and Pharisees know that? <laughs> well, the same question that you're asking is what Jesus is asking them. Mm. You know, what did what did John's message mean to you when he came and said, Repent to be baptized, the Messiah is coming? When he pointed to me and said, The Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. He's pointing them to a time that they, and, and here's the thing, Jason, for hundreds of years, they had no Messiah. Mm. You know, they, they, they had, uh, sorry, they had no prophet. There was no prophet for, for hundreds of years. It was about 400 uh, years prior About 400 that. years. Yeah. That's right. Correct. About 400 years of, of silence where God hadn't sent any prophets. Mm. And they had all this, they had 400 years of um, taking the reins. If, if you know, if you know what I mean, mm. they were responsible why there was no prophet mm. coming in to rebuke them or tell them, Hey, you're doing things wrong. Mm. And then John comes along, you know, and when John comes along, the Jewish people are refreshed and say, Oh, here's a voice that we've been waiting to hear for a long time, you know, and the Jewish people believed and said, Oh, this, you know, what John's saying, repent and be baptized. He's right. We, we haven't been doing things. We've been rebellious and we want to make things right again. And he points to Jesus and says, here he is. Here's the lamb that takes away the sin of the world. And it comes, what we find, and I'm going to talk about this more in the next segment. What we find here is they're, they're realizing that their power will be relinquished if they say that John the Baptist was a prophet. Because here, here's the method. If John the, if John the Baptist is a prophet, then what he said about Jesus being the Messiah, therefore, must have been it's true. true. Yeah, exactly. Correct. And mm. if they make that admission, mm. <laughs> then they go, oh. So okay. why didn't they believe him? And they've, they've they, said it themselves. Why Why then did you not believe him? Yeah, <laughs> and they've come up and they've come up with a sad excuse. You know, it says when they convene amongst each other, mm. you know, they're talking. Go, oh, 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 okay, be careful, guys. Don't answer straight away. This is a trap. Mm. <laughs> mm. Be careful. Don't answer straight away. You know, like, and, uh, you know, we should, take in, we should take to note as well that even our own belief systems you know, when we, when we hold, when we hold tight to something that we really believe in, this is not just a, we don't have, um, isolated ideas. Our ideas are all connected. Mm. You know, they're all consistent. If this idea falls over, then that's going to fall over and the, the whole thing crumbles and then we're left, oh, what, 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 are, where do I stand? What do I believe? You know, and, and this is where we find out Jesus is a loving God. He's giving them an opportunity to answer what John said way back then when he was alive, he said, repent and be, repent here, be baptized. And he was giving them this opportunity. You can repent right now. You can still see me as the Messiah. Can, can you see that, Jason? Mm, yeah. That, that, think of John the Baptist. And then they thought of John the Baptist. Remember the challenges he brought, blah, blah, blah. Here's your opportunity right now, right here. You can acknowledge me as the Messiah and you're, you're going to be free. From all these things that hold you down, free from trying to make money out of the temple, free from uh, constantly, you know, oppressing, 
oppressing the people with your teachings that don't really have anything to do with what I taught. Don't have things to do with what the Bible says. Free from the need to, uh, to live up to people's expectations and make them think that you're this, but you're really that. I can see right through you. <laughs> yeah. There's something that's so, just coming to mind here, uh, David, for me, hmm. is that it seems as though when we try to preserve our own power or our own ideas rather than uh-huh. being open, <laughs> um, we always end up in in trouble. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? So these guys yeah. were trying to preserve their own authority. They were trying to hold on to that and grasp onto that rather than seeing Jesus for who he was. And yeah. uh, and I think that's very applicable to us uh, in our lives as well, is that, you know, we, we so often hold on to our own stuff. Do you know what I mean? Like our own yeah. ideas, our own yep. uh, baggage, our own... Um, Oh, I don't know, history, whatever it is, we, we hold on to that and we think that we're right in that and, you know, we're justified in holding on to, you know, it could even be, you know, past hurts or whatever. But uh, Jesus is saying there's another way. Oh, yes. And, you know, like the thing you're saying, we, we get so caught up in those those thoughts that we're thinking, you know, we don't even realize that we're thinking about preserving ourselves. Mm. And Jesus is saying, don't worry about preserving yourself. Mm. Just look to me. Mm. You know, it's, we talked about the young rich ruler not long ago. Yeah. <laughs> These guys are getting the same opportunity. You know, it's just Jesus always giving us the opportunity to get to know who I am. Mm. You don't have to worry about anything. Yeah. You know, we, and we, we see it again in this, um, in this, enga- this encounter. Just uh, a reminder or a uh, – well, it's not really a reminder because I haven't given the information yet, but our book offer today is called 60 Hard Questions for Skeptics. It sounds mm-hmm. interesting, and uh, I think it would be a book that I'd like to read, actually. Um, so 60 Hard Questions for Skeptics. It's by Peter Hopkins. We're going to give you a bit more information about that later. But just before we go to our next break, we've got a question for you. So please uh, have a listen to this question and do text us in. We'd love to hear your answer on this. If you could have asked Jesus a question, what would it have been and why would you have asked it to him? These guys had uh, the opportunity, these chief priests and scribes and elders, and they came and asked him a question. But uh, what question would you ask Jesus if you had the chance to speak to him face-to-face and ask him a question? So we're going to go to a break right now. Uh, this is Mercy Me by, uh, sorry, Mercy Me with Word of God Speak. Finding myself at a loss for words And the funny thing is, it's okay The last thing I need is to be heard But to hear what you would say Pour down like rain Washing my eyes to see Your majesty To be still and know That you're 
this place Please let me stay and rest In your holiness Word of God speak Finding myself in the midst of you Beyond the music, beyond the noise All that I need is to be with you And in the quiet, hear your voice Word of God speak would you pour down like rain Washing my eyes to see Your majesty To be still and know That you're in this place Please let me stay and rest In your holiness Word of God speak Finding myself at a loss for words And the funny thing is, it's okay This program is made possible by the support of Adventist World Radio You're listening to Tazzy Encounters and we've been speaking with David Leo, and uh, we've just been reading this passage, Mark chapter 11, verse 27 to 33. And the uh, chief priests, scribes and elders came to him and they asked him a question about by what authority had Jesus been uh, doing various things, including uh, turning over the tables. But we asked you a question uh, before the break. We said uh, we asked you to text us in. If you could have had a, an opportunity to ask Jesus a question, what would it have been and why would you have asked him that question? We'd love to hear your answer on that. So please mm-hmm. do text us in on zero four double eight double eight zero eight nine one. Now, David, uh, we've learnt a couple of things uh, just in our previous discussion that... Um, you know, sometimes we need to be open to, uh, I guess, the leading of Jesus when it comes to overcoming our own ideas and our own thoughts. Yeah, um, yeah. But is there more to <clears throat> learn from this passage? Oh, absolutely. There's so, there's so much more. Um, yeah, so so we've, we've come to the understanding that if he answered that, you know, John was a pro- if they answered John was a prophet, uh, then they'll acknowledge that Jesus is the Messiah because mm. John said that Jesus is the Messiah. Now, if they said that John wasn't a prophet, the alternative is because their power base, when I talk about the power base, the people of Jerusalem, they believed that John was a prophet. And so if they say publicly, no, John is not a prophet, 
then they lose the support of the people. Yeah. And so they, they opt to come up with this cowardly um, response. Mm. I, don't, I don't know. Mm. Yeah, you do. You, you guys know. You know, it, re- it reminds me of uh, when politicians are asked the question, <laughs> you know. Um, you said it, not me. Something like, yeah. uh, you know, wh- what happened at this point of time or whatever. I don't remember. <laughs> I can't yeah. remember. That's, it or, reminds or me. <laughs> or they'll say things like, oh, what's going on with the um, immigration policies of the blah, blah, blah. And then I'll respond with, well, the uh, we're looking at the hospitals and, and having more doctors come in. And it's like, what, what, what's that got to do with? <laughs> you just, <laughs> that's, that's not the answer the to the question. Yeah. 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 And so, yeah, so you're right. You know, there is, there are all these techniques and, uh, and we've, we've mastered some of these techniques on how to not answer the question, but they come up with, I don't know. Mm. It's like you and, and Jesus responds as anyone should respond to that type of cowardly response. Well, you're not going to get an answer from me then. Mm. <laughs> I'm not going to answer your question. You mm. can't, if you can't come, if you can't be direct and honest with me, then what hope have I got? What point is there being honest with you? Mm. You know, and, and you know who I am. It's you know interesting, what? isn't it? Really, basically, that's, that's sort of <clears throat> saying, and Jesus is sort of saying, unless we can both be honest in this discussion we're having, there's really not a lot of point continuing the discussion. <laughs> oh, and this is, this is true, isn't it? Mm. You know, this is true. I, I got to share, back, back in college, uh, my first year, I'd come into college um, because I came as an adult, you know, and I was 34 at the time I came to college, and um, I had already established my, my, my system of theology. I thought, that, you know, the Seventh-day Adventist teachings are real solid. Everything's connected, and, you know, that's that. Mm. And uh, six months later, my my system has been challenged. My All my scaffolding and all the, the way the, build, the building's built, it's getting challenged at different points. And like I said before, you take, a, take away some of those points, everything collapses, <laughs> mm. right? Mm. And uh, one of my friends advises me to see um, uh, one of the pastors here. His name was pa- Pastor Eddie Hippolyte. So I go tell him and I say like hey, here's the challenge I'm going through my friend says that, that I trust and, and love he says that I should talk to you and that you can help me out so he takes me out for lunch we have a discussion and I see him a couple of times and he's he's telling me because he's been through college and he's telling me same thing happened to me happened to some of my friends as well and he's giving me advice allow the allow the scaffolding just to be just to come down for a bit and rebuild it and don't reject what you knew before you know, and, he, and so he was talking me through. There's more to it than that, but that because I was considering leaving college. Mm. I was thinking that this is too too much to challenge me with. I don't I don't want to wrestle with this. But he was encouraging me wrestle with it, grapple with it. And you know, at the end of college, not only did I have my old system, <laughs> my old understanding of how you know I, I understand God, it was reinforced. Mm. And stronger, mm. you know, and I'm like, wow, you know, yeah. praise God that there were people there to help me out, you know. That's happened to me a couple of times in my life, and uh, it's it's amazing. You know, I had a friend who I hadn't seen for about 10 years, and I grew up, and, uh, you know, it's a good friend when I was younger. And, mm. um, <clears throat> you know, he was a Christian, and uh, the next time I saw him, he was really questioning the existence of God and, and you know, was completely thinking on a different plane. That challenged me because, you know, I, we were good friends and uh, I, I thought I knew him and all of a sudden his worldview was changing and that was challenging mm. my understanding. Yeah. Um, yeah. And another time was when uh, um, 
I, I listened to some uh, presentations by a particular person, and uh, he seemed to be very convincing in his in his uh, presentation and his understanding right. and and what have you. But it was completely different theology, and I'm thinking, "Whoa, have I got it all wrong?" <laughs> you know, yeah, have I lived my yeah. entire life, you know, misunderstanding what the Bible teaches here. And it's yeah. really challenging when you <clears throat> when you come across something like that because you've you've got to rethink things. But, That's right. But when you do, it's worth it's worth the effort. A- because, absolutely, because you come out yeah. on the other side with a deeper understanding because uh, because you've actually challenged your own understanding sometimes. Yeah, so you can relate to what what I went through. Yeah, yeah? And absolutely. And, yeah. and uh, this, what we what we're hearing here is this is what this delegation of the Sanhedrin they had an opportunity to have that to mm. ask the right questions mm. and you know to, to you know to to find out what the and let me plug that book again. Get this book that we're offering today. Yeah, maybe you maybe you haven't if you if you're um whatever belief system you have maybe you haven't asked the the questions to challenge your own thoughts, right and reinforce them. Reinforce them because the moment you choose, choose Jesus Christ, I, I, I promise you, and just like at college, I knew for certain that he's not going to leave me nor forsake me. That's his promise to me. He says, whatever you go through, Dave, just remember who I am and what, I, what I'm what i capable of doing and what I've done in your life. And that's the thing I held on to, you know, like, Jesus, I trust you. <laughs> you know, I trust that things are going to come out okay. And it came out better than I ever imagined, you know. Mm. And uh, I want to I point something out, too, that where, they, where the Sanhedrin failed and why they did this, it was because of the people. They were afraid that if the people turned against them, well, they didn't have their... Uh, respectful authority as religious leaders as they had. They won't have the economy and the, the money working as they always had. All these things will fall over. That's what they were, they were afraid of, just like the, the young rich ruler. But this is Bible text that I, um, my mom and dad gave me this devotional. A devotional is a book where every morning you can have a Bible verse and a Bible thought to start your day. You know, and uh, I was 10 years old when they gave me this devotional. I, I, I'm sure I kept it. I, uh, hopefully I can find it because I wanted to give it to my kids. But there was a devotional there that talked about um, about pleasing people rather than God. And, mm. and the text will always stick to my mind. In Galatians 1 verse 10, it said, For do I now persuade men or God? Or do I seek to please men? Mm. For if I still pleased men, I would not be a bondservant of Christ. And so this Bible text, it's, it's ever since I was 10 years old, the devotional was telling me, that no matter what, the, when you become a leader, no matter what decisions you make, or even even if you just make a decision, you'll never be able to please everybody. Mm. <laughs> That's so true. <laughs> oh. It doesn't matter what position of leadership you're in, if you've yeah. got uh, if you've got more than one follower, <laughs> or or yeah. one uh, person you know who you're leading. If you've got more than one, it's going to be hard to please everyone. And that devotion of going through my teen years, going into the early 20s, this stuck to my mind. I realized, wow. And, you know, it wasn't until I was 20 years old that I, it, it, that the, um, it clicked with me. I meant to just please God. Mm. If I aim to please God and God alone, my life will be at peace. You know, and I've had those situations where, where, um, decisions are made and I, and I, believe in my my heart that I'm following the, the, the conviction of God and advice and whatever. People aren't place. happy, but you know, this is this is the advice that I've taken out and I don't want to I don't want to offer that advice for anyone else. Don't aim to please people. What is God asking you to do? 
What's mm. God asking you? What decision is he asking you to make? Mm. It's time to go to another break, uh, David. Yeah. Um, sorry, I accidentally hit a button before. You might have heard some music going on. Yes, I heard my cue. <laughs> that, that wasn't intended for a cue. I, uh, I just hit a button on my screen. I've got a different setup today, so sure. uh, I'm, uh, I'm learning a completely new way of running the program. So apologize for the, the extra music there. <laughs> on behalf of all the listeners and myself, we forgive you, Jason. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Um, just a bit more about this book. Uh, I think it's titled God, 60, question, 60 Hard Questions for Skeptics. Not sure what the, uh, the word God in the front of that uh, specifically means, but, but this is what the book is about. It says, how does a Christian respond to challenges to their faith by asking a question? Uh, challenging the challenger helps to open up the issue and keep conversation going. It's a method Jesus used in his ministry. And here are 60 questions covering most of the main issues and objections which are raised in today's society. So you'll find guidance, but not answers, at the end of each section. So a way to, uh, I guess, keep the conversation going and uh, how to deal with some of those hard questions. And uh, just uh, speaking of a hard question, we did have a question before. I don't think it was that hard, but if you could have asked Jesus a question, what would it have been and why? Now, immediately after the break, we're going to give you the code for the book, but we'd love to hear your answers to uh, this question as well. If you could have asked Jesus a question, what would it have been and why would you have asked that question? Here is Jars of Clay with If I Stand. There's more that rises in the morning than the sun And more that shines in the night than just the moon There's more than just this fire here that keeps me warm In a shelter that is larger than this room And there's a loyalty that's deeper than mere sentiment And a music higher than the songs that I can sing Stuff of earth competes for the allegiance I owe only to the giver of all good things So if I stand, let me stand on the promise You'll pull me through And if I can't, let me fall on the grace That first brought me to you So if I sing, let me sing for the joy that is born in me these songs. And if I weep, let it be as a man who is longing for his home. There's more that dances on the prairies than the wind. And more that pulses in the ocean than the tide. There's a love that's fiercer than the love between friends More gentle than a mother's when her baby's at her side And there's a loyalty that's deeper than mere sentiments And a music higher than the songs that I can sing The stuff of earth competes for the allegiance I owe only to the giver of all good things so if I stand, let me stand on the promise that you'll pull me through. 
universe brought me to you And if I sing, let me sing for the joy that is born in me these songs And if I weep, let it be as a man who is longing for his home If I stand, let me stand on the promise you'll pull me through. And if I can't, let me fall on the grace that first brought me to you. And if I sing, let me sing for the joy that is born in me these songs. If I weep, let it be as a man who is longing for his home. But if I weep, let it be as a man who is longing for home. You're listening to Tazzy Encounters. And this is David Leo's program titled Encounters with Jesus. Now, before the break, we promised a code for the book, God, 60 Hard Questions for Skeptics. So here is the code that we promised. It's Logos number nine, L-O-G-O-S and the number nine, no spaces. You can text that in to 488 880 891. That's Logos 9. Now, uh, David, we're in our home stretch. We've got about six minutes to wrap up. What's our, what's our key points and takeaways for today? Uh, the key point is for us to acknowledge that um, Jesus, Jesus Christ has the authority that Mark has been trying to tell us, you know, that, that this is who he is. He is the God of creation. He is the, the one that died on the cross, and because of his sacrifice and in his, his blood, he's, that's the only thing that will save us and redeem us. So I, I wish I could elaborate on that more, but um, whatever Jesus says, things like, I can forgive sins, things like, I'm equal with God, things like, um, uh, I am the way, the truth, and the life, those claims that he makes, they are solid claims. They're not coming, they're coming from authority, not from a, uh, not from a, a, a loony understanding or from someone that's trying to lie or deceive you. Like, um, you know, as we, we said, some politicians are trying to say things like that. Jesus is not none of them. Jesus is telling the truth. His one, one purpose, one goal is to, um, is to, for you and me to be with him forever and ever, as it was planned from the beginning to know who he is and, and realize there is definitely hope. For our lives, you know, I, I can't help but think of um, <laughs> my brother. My brother and I, we used to do this, this, uh, these games. If we went to the, if we went to a takeaway restaurant or, you know, like a fast food like McDonald's or whatever when we were, when we were younger, or, or if we go to, to shop at Woolies, and we'll do we'll do these strange challenges with each other, you know, to act a certain way, like, um, you know, act as if you can't talk properly or something like that. Mm. And we'll do these dares, and one of the dares I hated to do is when my brother used to say to me, do the one where you say, do you know who I am? Do you know who I am? 
<laughs> and that was embarrassing. <laughs> you know, I was a nobody, you know, and I, and I love doing it to him. But when I did it, and, and the face of people that were looking go, who guy? is this who guy? <laughs> yeah, who is this guy? And, 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 the, and, and in my head, I'm thinking, I'm a nobody. You, I really don't have any. You know, I've, got, I've got nothing happening for me. You know, it reminds me of a story. Uh, Christian, there's a guy named Christian Herder. He was the uh, Herter. He was the Christian. He was a Massachusetts governor in the 1950s. Uh, and he was trying to go for a second term. And one day he was gunning hard to get a second term. And he uh, was trying to get votes, trying to get, uh, you know, doing the campaign thing. And he missed out on lunch. But he was invited to a church uh, church barbecue. So he went to the church barbecue and he's he's famished. You know, he's ready to he's ready to eat. And uh, he gets in the queue. And while he's in the queue, the, the lady uh, looking after the chicken puts a piece of chicken on his plate. And Christian heard it, uh, says, oh, um, thanks. Is, is, there, is there any chance I can get a second piece, please? Mm. And the, 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 the lady responds and says, oh, I'm sorry. It's, it's just one per, one per person. And we're trying to um, ration it out, make sure we've got enough for everybody. And he says, oh, please, I'm, I'm really hungry. I'm mm. <laughs> really hungry, please, ma'am. She says, no, that's one per, one per person. And Christian heard her. He, he's usually unassuming, humble, humble guy. But he says to her, um, Miss, do you know who I am? <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> she, she, she looks at him. He says, yeah, do, do you know who I am? I'm, I'm the governor of Ma- Massachusetts. And she says, well, do you know who I am? I'm the lady responsible for the chicken. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and I, I, and I suppose the point, the, the main point I'm trying to get through here is that um, when we know who Jesus is, and we acknowledge who Jesus is as someone to worship and follow that has the best interest in our in our lives at heart. We're able to play our role as we're meant to be. Mm. As long as we keep our eyes on Jesus and say, "Jesus, what will you have me do? What can I do to please you? What will what can I do to serve you?" When we do that, you'll find that thing that we're concerned about, about pleasing other people. And I, and I say this from a, I say this from a, 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 a stance where God's come through with me many times, including college. Mm. I don't know if I've shared with the listeners before, but I just did my thing at college and I had no idea at the end of, at the end of college, we're doing this, the awards and uh, they, they did a list for the student of excellence, the award of excellence. And they put this list up on the, on the, on the, on the screen. And I was thinking to myself, Wow, that person's done great work for the school, you know, like for the college. They deserve whatever that is. And when they called out my name, I thought, what? What? That's me. I can't, I can't piece the two together, right? I couldn't reconcile it in my mind. I had, it was other people, teachers and students had to come up to me afterwards and tell me what, what I did for them and how I was, and I was thinking, man, I just, you know, the only thing I did, Jason, is I aimed to please God. Mm. That's all I did, Mm. right? And God said, hey, let me do something for you. And also, it was such a help. It was such a good help financially. It was such good recognition. Theology department said, we haven't had that award for a long time. So well done for representing us. <laughs> I said, well, praise the Lord, you know, but when you aim to please God, make that, make that our, our, our goal and our aim mm. because he, he deserves that honor and worship. He's worthy of it. That's, that's the point. Hope that comes through. <laughs> and, and better than that, it's, um, it's it's easier to please one than to try to please everybody. 
I've never thought of it that way. You can't. You can't please everybody. But if we focus on pleasing God, that's the important thing, isn't it? Amen. Um, Now, just uh, a reminder to our listeners, you talked about college, and I just want to remind uh, our listeners that um, college, when you're referring to that, is the place where you went to do your theological um, training. Thank you, Jason. Yes, not not like college and Taz. That's no, right, year that's eleven it. and twelve. Yeah. In fact, it's called. I think it's called Avondale University now. It is. Yes. Yeah. 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 Now uh, that's been a, a fantastic study, David. I I think um, there's so much to learn from just a few verses of scripture mm. when uh, we need to put Jesus in the right place, in uh, in the right place of authority rather than us. Uh, trying to be the ones in control and, uh, yeah, calling the shots. Um, What have you got for us next week? Next week we're going to uh, look – in fact, there's this parable straight after this reading that we did. I recommend you read that to understand more about this text. But um, we're looking at – I'm calling it a coin toss. And it's um, that Jesus is challenged again, not by the Sanhedrin, by Pharisees this time, and Herodians, who are usually enemies – they join forces to challenge Jesus. Awesome. And they say, yeah, about taxes. Everybody loves taxes. Cool. Okay, and tomorrow we've got um, Gary Webster, and he's uh, moving on to a different topic, uh, Tutankhamun's Treasures, Egypt and the Journey to Eternity. So a coin toss with you next week, and that's uh, Mark chapter 12, is it? Yes, yep. correct. Yeah, Mark no chapter worries. 12. Yep. And uh, and just a reminder of our code for the book today, Logos number nine. Wherever you are, we just hope you have a great day. And this is How Great Thou Art. Oh, Lord, my God, when I in awesome wonder consider all the works thy hand hath made I see the stars I hear the rolling thunder Thy power throughout the universe display And when I think of God his son not sparing Send him to die, I scarce can take it in. That on the cross, my burden gladly buried, he bled and died to take away my sin. Then sings my soul, my Savior God to thee. How great thou art, how great thou art, then sings my soul, my Savior God to thee, how great thou art, how great thou art, when Christ shall come. With shout of acclamation And take me home What joy shall fill my heart Then I shall bow